Good morning, everyone. My name is Sandy, for those that don't know me. Um, and I'm going to be reading from Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 to 19. Jesus greater than Moses. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honour than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honour than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house, and we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. Warning against unbelief. So, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. As has just been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Well, hello again. It's wonderful to be here with you. It's weird to be saying hello to people online. I, I can't hear you say hello, but I'm going to imagine you did. I'm very positive like that. I imagine you said a big hearty hello, just like the people here did, by nodding their heads uh, with their masks on. Uh, it's been a long time in the coming for us to get here. I realise that is for you guys as well. Uh, COVID has made complications every which way, but, but we are glad to be amongst you. Uh, we come to God's word, and so it's appropriate that we pray. So let's join together. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can join together as your people. Uh, we thank you that as we come today, we can come with expectation that you speak. We pray, Lord, that we would have soft hearts, not hard hearts, that we'd be willing to be shaped and changed, and that we'd be willing to live a life that is for you. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let me start by saying it's been a big year for the Campbelltown Anglican churches. Am I right? I'm right. Searching for a senior minister, managing through COVID, working with multiple rectors. Imagine being the staff team. Imagine being a church warden. 
Imagine being on parish council, a, a growth group leader, uh, or even a nominator, having to deal with people like me all last year. Now, 2020 was a big year, by all accounts. A hard year. And if you haven't praised God for all of those groups of people I talked about, you should. Because it's been a hard year for all of them in leading at church. Uh, on top of that, each of us has our own story, don't we? Each of us had a 2020 story to tell. I could tell you mine, you, you could tell me yours. I'd, I'd love to do that, we, we just don't have time for it today. Because today is a fresh start. Uh, COVID hasn't gone away, but we've sort of learned how to manage it to some extent now. But today is a fresh start. And so over the next few weeks, I, I want us to think together. I want to invite you on a journey to think about who we are. It's a refocus, uh, it's a reset, it's a fresh start, whatever words you want to use. I want us to join together for three weeks thinking about what we are doing before Jesus comes back. Now I'm going to be speaking to all our congregations to do that over the three weeks and that means I'll be zigzagging around the parish a little bit. Uh, sometimes you'll have to put up with a video version of this sermon. I know you can handle it, you've done all sorts of things. But as much as possible I want to be live everywhere and meet as many people in the coming three weeks. I'm hoping that means I'll get to know you a little bit by looking at your masks and your eyes or imagining your beauty behind the camera and I'm hoping you get to know me. So today we're going to look at Hebrews 3. That in itself should give you an insight into me. I'm a simple man. My former minister Derek Howell, he was doing Hebrews before and so I'm just going to carry it on. But actually, it's a better insight than that. It's because I believe in the power of the Word of God that I'm not too fussed that we carry on in Hebrews. I didn't want to pick something special just for today because every part of the Word of God is special, right? There's a few nods in front of me. I believe in the power of the Word of God. I hope you believe in the power of the Word of God. I hope you are someone who brings your Bible to church has it open at home on your lounge or sitting in bed or whatever you're doing to watch it online. Have your Bible. We don't just bring Bibles to church because it's COVID safe and we can't have pew Bibles or whatever. No, it's Christian safe. We, we, we all need our Bibles open all the time. And so we look today together at Hebrews chapter 3 expectantly that God will speak to us. So, so have a look with me. Uh, verse 1, it says, Therefore... I hope you remember why the therefore, what, it, what it's there for. Uh, I wasn't here for the rest of the series, but I love Hebrews, so I know what it's there for. It's because back in chapter 1, verse 2, Jesus is God's final word. It's there because in chapter 1, verse 3, Jesus offered better sacrifices, final sacrifices for sin. It's there because 1, verse 4, Jesus is greater than, than angels, it's there because in 1 verse 3, Jesus is 100% God. And then last week, 2 verse 17, Jesus is 100% human. As a, as a youth group uh, minister, a friend of mine says, Jesus, 100% man, 100% God, 200% awesome. And it's right. The therefore is there because Jesus is 200% awesome. Which means, you heard this, 2 verse 1, Pay careful attention to his message. Pay careful attention to what you've heard so you don't drift away. And today, 3 verse 1, 
It's there to holy brothers and sisters, to, to you guys, to us who know Jesus. It's there to us who share in the heavenly calling. That is us who have a hope in Jesus, who, who look forward to eternal life, who look forward to Jesus coming back. It's, it's us who have a certain hope in Jesus if, you look there, if we fix our thoughts on him. See, church, life, it is all about Jesus. 200% awesome Jesus. And so whether you've known Jesus for 80 years, 90 years, anyone in that category here? Can't tell. Nobody's raising their hands. Or maybe just a few weeks, maybe there's a new Christian in our, across our churches. There is nothing better to do with your life than fix your mind on him. Every phase every stage. Now, uh, fixing your thoughts on Jesus doesn't mean some sort of chanting. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It doesn't mean that. It means focus. It means knowing what he wants and listening to it and doing it. It means living for him for all he's worth and remembering what he's done for you. That is the focus of fixing your thoughts on Jesus. And summed up there in the end of verse 1. Uh, he is our apostle. And that's really weird. We don't normally talk about Jesus as our apostle. Right? He had apostles. But the word apostle means he is our sent one. An apostle is a sent one. Jesus was sent to us. That's Christmas. He is the Emmanuel, God with us. He's come to us. Jesus, our sent one. And verse 1, he is our perfect high priest. He's the high priest that, that offer himself as the perfect sacrifice. Therefore, fix your eyes on Jesus. There's nothing better than that. If our Campbelltown Anglican churches are not fixing our eyes on, eyes on Jesus, we're wasting our time. If our Campbelltown Anglican churches are not constantly fixing our eyes on Jesus, we should sell the property, give the money to somebody who could do something worthwhile with it. See, what I love about this church, from all that I've seen so far and all the people I've met so far, is that this is a church that wants to keep its eyes on Jesus. This is a church that is convicted we should focus on him. So I want to say, if you want to know what my job is, if you want a job description from me, if I write it today, it's this. My job is to help us all fix our eyes on Jesus. It's a very simple job description. We all need to do that. In fact, if you need a personal vision, a 2021 kind of thing to focus on, this is the best thing you could do. Wake up every day and tell yourself, today I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. And then the rest is details. It'll work itself out in the end. So Jesus is our focus. That's the clear message today. But Jesus is also our faithful foundation. Look at verse 2. Jesus is our faithful foundation. He was faithful to the one who appointed him. And I think we often think of our own faithfulness. We're, we're thinking, am I a faithful worker? Am I a faithful husband or wife? A faithful Christian? But I wonder if you've stopped to think, what do I compare myself to? What is it to be faithful? Where's the measure? Well, the measure is Christ. Am I faithful? Well, he was faithful. 
You think about it. He came to earth not just for kicks. He was tempted by Satan, not just for fun. Uh, He endured abuse. He, He suffered. He was in the garden pleading sweat like blood, crying out to his father. And he said, not my will, but yours, Lord. See, all that is hard, but, but as we look at the cross, we see his faithfulness so clearly as he took the sins of the world upon himself, as he was separated from his father and suffered for us, we see faithfulness. He could have called out, legion of angels, come and get me, and he was done. And he could have wiped his hands of us, but he was faithful to his father for us. Verse 2 goes on to say that Moses was faithful. Moses was faithful in all of God's house. Uh, For a Jew, if you think back to the time, for a Jew, Moses was as good as it got. Little Jewish boys and girls were probably running around singing Colin Buchanan songs. I want to be like Moses. We know the words Jesus, right? We know that song. Moses was as good as it gets, but Jesus is better. Look at verse 3. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honour than Moses. Just as the builder of a house has greater honour than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. See, Moses was faithful, but he's just a servant. Moses was faithful, he's just a member of the house. Indeed, if you look at verse 5, he was just bearing witness to the future. Because people, people were being pointed forward to the future. We look back, we look at Hebrews 1 and we, we, we know the final message has come. And we bear witness to that message. Jesus, the final word from God. Moses was faithful. He's just a member of the house. May we be faithful members of the house. He had a message. We have a greater message that is known in Jesus If Moses was as good as it got in the Old Testament, what a privilege it is to be a Christian today. We have so much more. We have the final picture. So you and I are called to be faithful to Jesus. And he sets the standard. (laughs) He went all the way, if you like, in faithfulness. So as we chart our course forward as a church... As we seek to be faithful as a church in the Campbelltown area, uh, the MacArthur area, amongst our friends, all of these networks, we do it with Jesus as our faithful foundation. There are plenty of churches around that have other plans. Uh, Jesus is our faithful foundation, so he's our launching pad. So come and hear about Jesus so that we can give you the best life. Uh, so that you can be victorious, so that you can have lots of money, you can be healthy, we, we can guarantee it. That's a false gospel. We have a foundation we build on with the truth. Jesus calls us to faithfulness, and that is not always victorious in this age. We look forward to his coming and the victory that we will see when he comes. 2 Timothy 3.12 reminds us that all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. What Jesus says to his disciples, 17.10, even when you've done all that you've been commanded, you've only done your duty. See, the picture of faithfulness is not a glorious one in this age, necessarily. It's not for my glory or yours. It's not to build a church that we go, wow, look at us. 
It's actually for the glory of Jesus, which will be fully revealed at his turn, at his return. His faithfulness was costly. And so we exist to follow in his footsteps and point people to him. And when people get that message, it is wonderful, isn't it? When someone turns to Christ, it is wonderful. We don't ever serve for our own glory. Uh, maybe you're on a cleaning roster. I don't know if anyone's ever done this. I'm on the cleaning roster and I'm glorious in my cleaning roster role. No one's ever done that right. But, but maybe other roles. I, I lead a growth group. I, I lead a service. I, I'm seen doing things. But no, everybody in our church, everybody in Christ church does it for his glory. And so we want to be faithful as a church to him. And I think... Looking forward, if we are a church inspired by Jesus' faithfulness, imagine what he might do with us. Imagine if we were serving him with all our hearts because we saw what he did to serve us. I want to encourage you to think about your own servanthood, the, the, the way you serve your brothers and sisters, your, your church, the kingdom. Uh, how's your attitude to that? Why do you do it? <laughs> What are you willing to do and not willing to do? Are you serving like Jesus? I'm sure the staff team or the leaders of ministries or uh, the coordinators of various things we do would love to hear from you if you are saying, you're right, actually, this is a year to, to, to get back into serving well because Jesus first served me. Next heading. So Jesus is our focus. Jesus is our foundation. Jesus is the head of our house. Now, I don't know why the writer of Hebrews left his name off it, but here's one possibility. He didn't want to get flamed online for mixing his metaphors. This is exactly what he, just does, he does it now. Verse 6, he switches to a picture of the house as a way of describing God's people. Christ is faithful as the sun over God's house. So, see, the house is all of God's people. So all of God's people through all of history, and you see there, Old Testament people are in the house. Moses is in the house. New Testament people who know Jesus are in the house. But in the end, we are servants in the house. It's not our house. It's God's house. And he's put his son over the house. Now, this is a very important picture as we move forward. As we take a fresh start, this is a good picture. Here I am, the new minister. The new senior minister, you might be thinking, great, finally we start again with some direction, he'll solve our problems, it'll, it'll all be good. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you, I'm not the answer to everyone's problems. But Jesus is. We have a head of a house that knows what he's doing. We have a head of a house that's told us where to go. Jason is not building a house here. We've got lots of Jasons, it's really weird. It's great, I, I, I love Jasons, it's, it's wonderful. All these Jasons could do great things together, but actually not much. Jesus is building his house. And we all need to think the same. I'm not building God's kingdom. Jesus is building his house. May we serve faithfully under him this year. You know the world is full of leadership advice, right? You go to the library or the bookshops and there's shelves upon shelves. They all say the same thing. Set a good vision, get people in behind, motivate them, incentivize them, reward them, and, and they'll do it. Jesus doesn't need a book. <laughs> he wrote the book on leadership. 
He's given us purpose. He's given us a mission. He's told us what he wants us to do. I was talking to the nominators uh, last year as I was thinking through how this church worked and so on. And one of the things I loved is when they pointed me to the vision statement. Uh, It just came from Ed's. They had it printed on the outline I got as I walked in the door. We want to be, now I hope you know this because you're here longer than me, a growing Christian community devoted to maturing in Jesus for the glory of God. What I love about that is it just expresses what Jesus wants. It's just an expression of what Jesus wants. It's a wordy one. I haven't memorised it yet, but I hope you have and I hope to in time. But it's right, isn't it? We aim to be a growing Christian community. Now, why do we want to grow? Why do we want to grow? Well, because we want people to be saved. (laughs) We want people to be drawn into God's kingdom. We want to see more and more people. And and if we reached a 1,000... Imagine the COVID rules for a thousand. But praise God if we reached a thousand and we had 43 services across the week for a thousand people. We haven't scratched the surface. We've got tens of thousands of people all around this area who don't yet know the Lord, who, who will face him on judgment day in their sin. And our vision says we aim to be devoted to maturing in Jesus all for the glory of God. Now, that is a wonderful thing. But what I know is we're not done yet on that one. I don't even know you and I confidently say you are not Jesus. And I am not Jesus. And if you want to come and correct me on that point afterwards, very humbly, I'm sure, we can have a discussion about it. Nobody is Jesus. We want to be devoted to maturing in Jesus. Indeed, we should aspire to it. And none of us will reach his glory. But Jesus is the head of his house. And so we want to be a growing Christian community devoted to maturing in Jesus for God's glory. Now, I said I'm a simple man. That's a wordy sentence. So I'd put it this way. Jesus deserves glory. We've seen it already. Jesus deserves glory. So we want many Christians to be more and more like Jesus. Simple as that. Many Christians to be more and more like Jesus. Saying the same thing for a simple man. Jesus is building his house. And it's like the TV show, The Block. You know The Block? You get a room. You work on your room and you've got an area and on you go and you do your best you can. We've been given Campbelltown, the MacArthur area, our friendship networks, our neighbours. God has said, reach them. (laughs) Share our hope with them. And I want us to be excited about that. I'm excited about that. I've been excited about that since day one of thinking about this church. There's a church that wants that and wants to grow in that. That is exciting. But I'd love every member of church to be excited about that. My final point today is actually a question. Campbelltown Anglican Churches, will we be Jesus' house? Now look again at verse 6, the second part of verse 6. We are his house if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. See, to remain a member of Jesus' house, we we have a part to play. Now remember, you don't get into his house by anything you do. You, You can't knock the door down to get into God's kingdom. But you can accept Jesus to join his house. He saves us. But but once we enter his house, we are told to have a firm hope. 
We are supposed to have a confidence. We're supposed to glory in what Christ has done. That's active. That's an active thing. That's a determined thing to have a steadfast faith, to fix our mind on Jesus. Now, I imagine amongst those watching online and those here, on that number of people, there will be some people who don't yet know Jesus. There'll have to be some people that don't yet know Jesus amongst us. If that's you, well, I said today is a refresh, a restart, make today the day you turn to him. There's an invitation into his house, take his room, join up into his house and his kingdom. If you'd like to talk about how to do that, uh, you can talk to Simon afterwards here or, or contact the office, check in online, whatever it is. We'd love to hear from you. But the wonderful thing is this is a church full of people who have joined the house, who have signed up for Jesus, who want to live for him. And so the last part of our passage today is a, a quote from Psalm 95. It's a passage with a long history for Anglicans. It's in the morning prayer service. Uh, we say regularly Psalm 95 because we're convinced that we need soft hearts to God's word and we need to come to him and hear him week by week. But I want to focus on verse 12. It says there, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Do you see what it's saying there? It's saying we need each other. It's saying that God's house is like a mansion with lots of rooms. And we're in, other, in each other's rooms all the time. We're popping in and out all the time. What it's not is a suburb of loosely connected houses where you shut the door and you say, bye, I don't want anything to do with you. But why is that? Well, it's because God is wise and he knows our hearts and he knows we'll be tempted to fall away, to turn away, to turn after sin. And so we need each other. We are a home, we are a family, we are for each other. One of the deepest impacts of COVID that, that I've really mourned is the number of people that have disappeared from churches. Uh, my last church, I, I need more than 10 fingers to count them, the number of people that said to me, oh, don't worry, I'll be back. I'm good in my faith alone. I'll look after myself. Just wait till afterwards and I'll be back. That's really sad to say I'm done with, with fellowship. I'm done with connection until later. So even if their faith is strong, even if they can stay strong, they're robbing, they're actually robbing fellow Christians of encouragement. See, if I'm down, I need a brother or sister to talk to me, to encourage me. If I'm sinning, I need you to help me turn around, and vice versa. We need each other. We are not strong enough alone. In Christ, we have great strength, but he has given us each other. So hear the imperative, verse 13, encourage one another daily. Now, I'd love it to be daily. It could be every second day, every third day. And encourage one another daily. And notice it doesn't say, except when there's a pandemic. I think we've found lots of great, good, great ways, COVID-safe ways to encourage each other. I've actually been really encouraged that Sydney churches have grappled with the way to do that together. But I'm keen for us to push on in that, to, to not go, right, we're, we've figured out COVID, it's this until it's that. 
when it's all done. No, 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 let's keep pushing on and finding ways for fellowship, for encouragement with one another, for pushing on in Christ together. We are a house. And I'll be talking about that more in the coming weeks and our staff team is spending time thinking about that and, and we'll continue. But let me draw this together for today. So we have great hope. If you've got a new senior minister, you might have had all sorts of hopes and dreams, don't worry about that. And it's wonderful that we can work together for the gospel. But the greater thing is that we have Jesus. He's our focus. He's our faithful foundation. He's the head over our house. And so I'm going to ask you the question again. And I want to hear it echoing through TVs, through our community where you're watching, or by loud nods here. Let me say again, Campbelltown Anglican Churches, will we be Jesus' house? There's sort of semi-vigorous nodding here, just for those at home. That's wonderful to see. I wasn't sure how you'd respond. It's great to see. So I'm going to answer on your behalf as a new senior minister. The answer is yes, isn't it? Or we're wasting our time. The answer is yes, or we're wasting our time. With God's help, with his word given to us, with a saviour that is so wonderful, 200% awesome, we can fix our eyes on Jesus together. We'll help each other. And together we will be a family who encourages one another. And we'll be a church who responds to the mission, the call, the purpose to find more and more Christians and help every one of them to be more and more and more like Jesus. And none of it is for my glory. None of it's for yours. None of it is for the glory of Campbelltown Anglican Churches. It's for the glory of Christ, isn't it? Amen.